0: Welcome to FRT, the IIF's podcast at the intersection of finance, regulation, and technology. I am Daniel Méndez Delgado, Associate Policy Advisor of the Digital Finance Team here at the IIF. I am here with Ana María Prieto. Ana María is the Director of Payments System at Banco de la República, the Central Bank of Colombia, and she is leading the efforts of the Central Bank to put in place a new payment system infrastructure. Welcome Ana Maria.
1: Hi, Daniel. Thank you for
0: having me. Let's start by, by sharing with our listeners about the latest developments in the payments ecosystem in, in Colombia.
1: Well, sure. Colombia is still highly dependent on, on cash. We have more than 70% of the transactions in the country made using this means of payment. And this is so even though Colombia has higher rate. Of financial inclusion with nearly 95 percent of adult population having access to an account, mostly an electronic wallet. We have experienced a strong growth on our electronic payment system. However, it is mainly due to the growth of two very big closed-loop fast payment systems with more than 40 million active accounts and more than 2 million QR already out on the market that locks up consumers and merchants separately on their gardens. So we have plenty of opportunities there to have a more interoperable ecosystem. Uh, we do have private fast payment system run by a private ACH. It has around 20 participants already, but its payment volumes reach only 3% of total retail payments on its uh, fourth year of operation. So we have, again, a lot of opportunity there to make sure that we have a fast payment system that actually works for
0: everyone. How, how do you see the architecture and and how do you plan to have this new payment ecosystem in place? What do you think are the key roles and key responsibilities maybe in this new architecture?
1: The architecture here in Colombia is more following what we have been seeing, for example, in maybe the FedNow or maybe other, other type of ecosystems and not like the peaks approach in which it was only one system that is you know, taking over the entire transactions in the country. And the reason why we have that architecture is precisely because we already have a couple of fast payment systems run by private players already in the country. And so what we decided is that the central bank is going to add a new fast payment system which is going to coexist with those private networks, but it ha- it is going to make sure that we have fully interconnection with those networks. And so, at the end, participants uh, like a you know a financial entity, for example, will be allowed to decide through which network it will prefer to connect. Because of this architecture, fully interoperable architecture, it will connect with the rest of the participants, with 100% of the participants. And on top of that fast payment system, and precisely to make sure that we have all of that interoperability operating adequately, Central Bank is going to add two additional models or technological solutions into the ecosystem. One is the centralized directory, which is going to kept uh, the alias from all the different networks, not just the public one, but also the private ones. So it's going to be, you know, a, a, a very relevant component. In, it is the way in which transactions are going to root or are going to be processed to make sure that they can resolve, to to make sure that they know exactly where they have to go in which direction or into which network to make sure that the transaction reaches the end user the way it is supposed to. And the second model is the settlement model that is also going to be centralized it's going to be provided from our rtgs and it also is going to serve the whole the entire ecosystem to you know have settlement of all of the transactions that are going to take place in the ecosystem so at the end if you want to see it that way we have like three models in the architecture that are going to be provided by the central bank
0: thank you anna so we know that you're trying to to create or come up with this new payment system in Colombia so we would like to start by talking about the timeline for implementing the changes for the new payment systems how do you see that that angle
1: yeah so um the central bank here in Colombia is is really moving forward towards fast payment system that can support safe and efficient transfer fueling a approval and 24 7 operation which can contribute to a more competition, financial inclusion and economic development in general. We have been working very strong on developing and deploying this new system, which we expect to begin operations by uh, the second half of 2024, but we have a long road to to get there. Uh, so we have already began the process once we define that architecture, we we, we are, you know, selecting who is going to be the vendor who will provide this technology. And as I say, we look forward to begin operations by the second half of 2024. But at the same time, and this is, you know, a second angle that the project has, and as you will know, the functioning of the ecosystems requires also a new regulatory framework in which we are hoping to define, not just the technological standards, you know, as special rules for, for, for these platforms, but also the entire set of rules for the user experience, the economics that will run and, and, and be there in place to make sure that we have uh, fuel adoption and promotion of fast payments. And so the, the board of directors of the central bank of Colombia has recently acquire a new, a new mandate through a bill that was recently approved in Congress. And um, in, in developing that mandate, we'll be able to come up with this new regulation that will apply to this new ecosystem.
0: So before we go further into those specifics of public-private partnerships and security and privacy and so on, I would like to talk about what do you see are the main objectives of this project?
1: Yeah, I think that mainly what the central bank has, you know, figured out as the main challenges of the project is to have a more open and accessible fast payment system. Uh, Typically, payment system, not just in Colombia, in the region, but I I guess in the entire world, do have a lot of barriers still and, and, and some challenges for especially for new participants and small financial entities or fintechs or these PSPs that have come up in recent years to actually have access in fair terms and and, and with the same requirements that traditional entities have. So one of the main goals that the central bank has identified is to actually make sure that we have equal access to everyone so that we have a very, you know, a lot of competition among those players. That's one. And the second one is definitely to make sure that we can embrace interoperability that's I think the key of this, of this game, make sure that any user can actually make a payment, a transaction from any account to any account, despite what's the name of that provider or what is uh, exactly in which uh, system is that participant actually being part of. We need to make sure that in this new infrastructure that we are building, we have fully interoperability and of course we have you know the security that you have mentioned and privacy and making sure that end users are being well kept in this ecosystem is part of also of the of the goals that we have
0: great thank you very much anna you you have been talking about how the public and the private sector interact with each other you have mentioned that there is a private fast payment systems already in place in colombia and you're trying to build a new solution so we would like to know how, how do you see this public and private collaboration for the new payment system?
1: Yeah, I think we have been uh, following, I believe it's already a a good international practice already in, in terms of making sure that we have a very open and sustained dialogue with the industry. Central banks typically are not the ones in charge of providing or reaching that end user, but rather making sure that all the main infrastructure and back office, let's say, of the operation is well-kept and at the same time making sure that a lot of participants and private players in general can come and use that system to, to, to actually reach that end user by providing very innovative and, and well-designed uh, services and products. So we understand that having that dialogue with the industry is, is, is very relevant. And so we created this payment system forum. That's the name that we gave to, you know, this is like a very dynamic uh, interaction that we have with actors, not just the traditional incumbents, but also fintechs and technical providers, uh, gateways, we have PSPs, we have payment initiators, we have a lot of actors that are involved with the industry that have been uh, very interested in the initiative and uh, have been more than welcome to join the conversation. It's a very interesting feedback because at the end they are providing what kind of functionalities and characteristics they would like to see at the new system. And we need to make sure that we are trying to respond to those needs, to those demands so that they can actually flourish all of their innovative ideas that they have.
0: And another thing we talked about in this podcast is how the regulatory framework has, of course, effects on how is the new payment ecosystem shaped. Right. So we wanted to hear from you about the new regulation you have. So the central bank can be the regulator, the regulator of this payment system. And if when creating that new regulation, you went or heard or used. Any other jurisdiction as a guidance or key items from different jurisdictions to shape your efforts?
1: It's a great question because I think that we have a different institutional arrangement, at least from what we are seeing in other countries. In Colombia, the central bank is not the regulator for for the payment industry; rather, that's a that's a mandate that has the government through its Ministry of Finance, but What we have been seeing and learning from other fast payment systems is that in order to make sure that it it works good enough, let's say, we definitely need to add very specific rules and very specific standards to make sure that we are tackling at least the interoperability challenge and the user experience, which needs to be very, very easy, very seamless, uh, without any frictions, uh, despite which is going to be the participant or the entity through which that end user is going to initiate the payment and so thinking on that or with that purpose in mind what we decided was that um, central banks should jump into uh, the regulation landscape as well and not just to operate the system but also define those specific rules so we needed to have a a new bill that actually well, was discussed in Congress and, and fortunately it, it, it well it, it went well. And so the board of directors of the central bank gained that new power to make sure that we can actually come out with that new framework that is gonna apply for this new ecosystem. And we have been studying a lot and reviewing and learning from other jurisdictions, that's India, uh Brazil, obviously, with the peaks, but also Australia. Philippines, the Singapore, with its QR code. I mean, we have we have been able uh, with the technical assistance of the uh, uh, C-GAP, World Bank, Better Than Cash Alliance, a couple of, of more international consultants that have helped us to understand what would be those specific rules that we need to take into account to make sure that we have a very you know robust regulation in place.
0: One of the things that we have seen here at the IAF is that. The jurisdictions that are having their central banks as regulators of the payment systems and then also as providers in this ecosystem, there are some concerns around the possibility of having conflicts of interest between a player that is both a regulator of an ecosystem and then also a player of the ecosystem. So I would like to hear from you. What are your thoughts on that? How do you dealt with that? And how do you navigate it?
1: It's a good question because I I believe that central banks are taking, you know, participation in the market by being a a player and providing some parts of that systems or or platforms. They are doing so following a very specific public policy objective. And and they are a a very special participant at the end in in the sense that they are not doing this for a... um, you know, uh, commercial interest, but rather that public policy uh, objective and perspective or, or goal. Now, obviously, at the end, you also want the industry to flourish and you want to have competition among private players, because, as I said, it's not the role of the central bank to reach the end user. We don't know how to do that. And that's definitely not the responsibility of, of the central bank. That's not where we are the best at. And so keep making sure that between the regulation and the way that we are delivering those platforms or systems or parts of the technical infrastructure needs to be, or needs to assure that private players are finding the very, or are finding relevant incentives to actually come into the market and play. And precisely because of that equilibrium that you need to find and to reach is the reason behind uh, what I I believe that in most jurisdictions have been uh, the reason why they come up with this public-private collaboration or participation or dialogue, to make sure that we are really hearing what the industry is needing. They need to be part of the governance of the scheme. and and make sure that we can be, you know, have a very uh, robust process in building the new regulations so that we can make sure that, yeah, the private uh, players can have that participation and can bring those feedbacks into the process.
0: Now that we have talked about the national uh, landscape in Colombia and the new developments that you have been working on, I would like to move on for a little bit to cross-border payments. We know that the G20 roadmap for cross-border payments is advancing towards their 2027 goal, and we know that authorities and private sector are calling for adding more countries into those efforts. So with this context, I, I wanted to ask you about cross-border payments and how do you see those efforts shaping in Colombia, but more globally or, or in Latin as well?
1: I think it's one of the challenges for the country, definitely for the region as well, especially in this type of markets in which we have a lot of remittances and cross-border transactions that are very relevant, especially for the more vulnerable segments of the population. So we need to make sure that cross-border payments can actually be accessible, safe, efficient, and inclusive. And we have been seeing these new technologies and innovations that in which can definitely be used for that purpose. Now, we have been also learning and seeing how uh, countries, developing countries, but also, you not know, developed ones have been moving into, into that landscape. Some of them have chosen the CBDC roadmap, others are more trying to, to to interconnect their local pass payment systems. For example, the Nexus project hosted by the BIS is a very interesting one. I think that we are a little bit uh, behind First, we need to embrace the challenge of actually building and consolidating our local fast payment system. And then that would be, you know, like the first layer on on which we can stand and then look what are the possibilities and what have been the learnings and experiences of the other countries that are moving faster to see if we can have a a leapfrog and and perhaps jump into any of those trends in the near future. But whatever it's going to be in, you know, the, the solution or mix of solutions uh we still i think that the central bank has a a very important role in you know promoting that integration or trying to you know host the coordination among players i definitely think that's one of the challenges when we are looking at cross-border making sure that we can you know have a, a more open conversation with the other jurisdictions and with the other players in the other side of the frontier. And so central banks definitely have a very, a priority role there
0: as well. My last question would be if you are, if you can tell us about any projects or experimentations you're doing with the BIS or other authorities or central banks in the region, or maybe outside the region, whether on past payments or cross border payments that you can tell us about.
1: We are not very convinced convinced, at least so far, that retail CBDC would add value in solving these challenges in the cross-border transactions, but rather we see more potential benefits of the wholesale CBDC arrangements. In particular, uh, we think that it could definitely help with, uh, you know, lowering the costs and the complexities around those specific type of of, uh, flows. Uh, we, We recently finished an experiment using a wholesale CBDC in a simulated remittance operation between Brazil and Colombia at the Lift Challenge Real Digital promoted by the Central Bank of Brazil. It was a very interesting experience which uh, definitely expanded our knowledge and internal discussions around what would be you know, the, the steps required for Central Bank in Colombia to scale a wholesale CBDC and you know tokenization in general. But I, I believe that we still need to moving into more prototypes and more experiments. We have been taking part also of the efforts and projects around the BIS Innovation Hub in, in different contexts to try to learn as much as possible and then try to figure out what's going to be our roadmap in the near future.
0: I do look forward to seeing how the public and private sectors develop new payment systems in the region. So with that, Thank you very much, Ana Maria, for being with us here today and sharing your views on money and payments, as we just discussed. And I am sure we will hit you back on questions on these interesting developments in LATAM. Thank
1: you very much, Daniel. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you very much for tuning in to this episode of FRT. We look forward to having you join us again on upcoming episodes, and you can always check them out on the IIF website as well at IIF.com.